Welcome to Interesting Times. I'm Joe Streckert. What would you do if suddenly you found dinosaur bones in your backyard? How would you react? Who would you call? Would you call academics? Would you call people who dealt in fossils, sold them at auction houses? Would you call the government? And what would you want from your discovery, from these bones that you found just jutting out of your backyard? Would you want money? Would you want recognition? If this were to happen to me, I would ask to name Cascadosaurus, which is what I'd call a dinosaur if I were to find it in my home region of the Pacific Northwest. But I'd like to think that I wouldn't ask for any payment other than recognition. I'd like to think that I'd be idealistic and good-hearted enough to believe that dinosaur fossils are in the public trust, that they belong to science and to future generations, not to any one person. Of course, it's very easy for me to say that, since it's only hypothetical for me. If faced with this reality, I probably would want something. I'd like to believe I'd do that, but dinosaur bones, they are valuable, and fossils can go for quite a lot of money to collectors and to museums, and finding a skeleton in good condition, that can be like stumbling on a gold deposit or striking oil, because those old bones go for millions and millions of dollars. The most complete Tyrannosaurus rex skeleton to date, nicknamed Sue, now stands in a museum in Chicago, and she stood there inspiring awe and wonder in onlookers, young and old, since 2000. Sue is a very impressive specimen. She is around 12 feet tall at hip. She's 40 feet long from nose to the tip of her tail. And her head bears markings consistent with the bite of another Tyrannosaurus. Paleontologists think that she was probably an old dinosaur, probably 60 to 80 years old when she died. And what finally did her in was a battle, a conflict with another Rex who bit her on the face before she probably sank into a bog. So she's not only an amazing specimen, but she also bears real marks of drama and conflict from the era when dinosaurs ruled the earth. But Sue's path to Chicago's Field Museum was not an easy one. Before she was able to wow crowds and onlookers in Chicago, she was fought over by a property owner, by a fossil dealer, by the federal government, and by a Native American tribe. Sue's story is one of the most contentious fights over a set of fossils in the 20th century. In August of 1990, a team of paleontologists and fossil hunters in South Dakota got a flat tire. While they were seeing to their truck, a paleontologist named Sue Hendrickson decided to check out the area surrounding where they'd gotten a flat, and soon, near the base of a cliff that they hadn't explored yet, she saw exposed, fossilized bones. Hendrickson and her team, which was led by a fossil hunter named Peter Larson from South Dakota's Black Hills Institute, began excavating the skeleton, and they found that it exceeded any of their expectations. It was the bones of a gigantic predatory dinosaur, of which only 12 previous specimens had been unearthed. Not only that, but the skeleton they found was over 80% complete. You could not ask for a more perfect dinosaur to find, and a team nicknamed the T-Rex Sue, in honor of Sue Hendrickson, who had stumbled upon the remains of the predator. 
binding a specimen as impressive and rare as that was like striking oil. However, if you find oil bubbling out of the ground, it does not automatically belong to just you, the one who found it. It belongs to whoever owns that property. In the case of Sue, Peter Larson, the head of the Black Hills Institute, which was leading the expedition to find bones on this property, had a handshake agreement with the landowner, Maurice Williams. The Institute paid Williams $5,000 for the skeleton. And here is where things get complicated. Think about this for a moment. Think about having a piece of jewelry or an antique that you know is old, that you know is valuable, but you don't know exactly how old or how valuable. To know what it's worth, you'd have to take it to an appraiser. And if the appraiser were to deliberately lowball you on the value of your antique or your jewelry, and then sell it at a fair market price, which is far, far more than what they bought it from you for, they would be taking advantage of you. If an appraiser gave you $5,000 for a $500,000 antique, you could take them to court. You could say that they were able to cheat you out of something of value. And it seems that this rancher, Maurice Williams, got wise to how valuable those tyrannosaur bones were, and he wanted some of that. He claimed that the $5,000, which again, was from an oral handshake agreement, not anything that was written down. He claims that that $5,000 that he got from Larson and the Black Hills Institute wasn't for the bones themselves. Rather, he said that it was a fee paid so that the Black Hills Institute team could excavate on his land. And given how complete, how dramatic, how important this dinosaur was, Williams wasn't the only one who started claiming ownership of the Tyrannosaur. Williams was a member of South Dakota's Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe, and the tribe also claimed ownership of the bones, given that Williams's ranch was on their reservation. And it gets even more complicated and convoluted. The land was also held in trust by the U.S. Department of the Interior, and the federal government also claimed that the bones belonged to them. So, this tyrannosaur, it's found, it's unearthed, and immediately you have four different parties, the Black Hills Institute, the federal government, a rancher, and a Native American tribe, all claiming ownership, all wanting a piece of the wealth that this tyrannosaur implies. A flurry of legal battles followed regarding the bones, all four parties arguing against each other, and the fight over Sue the Dinosaur went to another level when, in 1992, the FBI stormed Peter Larson's Black Hills Institute to confiscate the Tyrannosaur bones. Um, yes, let me repeat that. The FBI showed up at a fossil hunter's warehouse, and with a bunch of FBI agents, their jackets, their guns, and I certainly hope mirrored sunglasses, they confiscated a T-Rex. Sue, the coveted dinosaur, was in federal hands. Later on, the Cheyenne River Sioux tribe's claim to the bones ended up failing in the tribe's own tribal court system. So that left only the feds, Maurice Williams' ranch owners, and Peter Larson's Black Hills Institute contending for the remains of the T-Rex. And eventually, Maurice Williams, the rancher, he was determined to be the property owner of the bones, and Sue the Tyrannosaur was put up for auction at Sotheby's. This is the part of the story that I have some ideological trouble with. Sue is a one-of-a-kind dinosaur specimen, and when she went up for auction, 
It was conceivable that she could have been purchased by a wealthy collector and put in a box with, say, the Ark of the Covenant and other forgotten antiquities held because they were valuable, not because they were being studied. That happens with pieces of art and antiquities all the time. They are purchased sometimes as ways to retain wealth as opposed to things to be studied, enjoyed, looked at, etc. Uh, if that had happened, scientists wouldn't have been able to study her, and the general public wouldn't have been able to look up and marvel at the fossilized bones of one of the greatest predators to ever to walk the planet. That's a worst-case scenario, but it could have happened. The Field Museum in Chicago, a fabulous place that my father took me when I was young and I have fond memories of, wanted the skeleton. And in order for this museum to acquire this T-Rex and study it and put it on display for the general public, they had to solicit outside donations to pay for it. Eventually, they were successful. Sue's bones did sell for $7.6 million at auction at Sotheby's, making Maurice Williams, the ranch owner, a very, very wealthy man. As for Peter Larson and his Black Hills Institute, they got nothing. Unless you count... The criminal charges. See, all of this attention with Sue, with finding this tyrannosaur, uh, all of this conflict over these valuable bones, that brought to light a lot of things about Peter Larson, who I think is an interesting person, but I don't know if he's someone that I ultimately have sympathy for. Uh, Larson, with only a bachelor's degree in geology, had made quite a name for himself as a very talented, non-academic fossil hunter which I think is laudable. I am, after all, a non-academic history guy. He also, though, is very much into business of making money, a great deal of money, from the fossils he finds. When Larson finds fossils, he ultimately ends up selling them to museums, to private collectors, to dealers, etc. Uh, he is not somebody who is just looking for the past and then immediately turning it over to the experts. And I do think that people who find fossils should absolutely make a living wage, but what Larson does is controversial in the field of paleontology. He sells fossils to museums, absolutely, but in doing so, fossil hunters like him also create a market where museums have to pay huge amounts of money for fossils and have to compete with private collectors for specimens that could be of scientific import. Again, I think that the people who find fossils and the folks who own land where fossils are found should absolutely get some benefit from their discoveries and their property, but I don't know if the current system is optimal. When I've read up on this, Larson has seemed to me to be somewhat shady. Uh, in interviews and in things like Reddit AMAs, he claims that what he does is necessary because private fossil hunters such as himself and fossil dealers such as himself are the ones who supply museums with a lot of specimens. But again, he is creating that market in the first place for all of these fossils that could conceivably be argued to be in the public trust. The federal government, though, ended up digging up a lot of dirt on Larson, pun intended. Eventually, he and the owners of his Black Hills Institute, they faced 153 charges of wrongdoing for taking fossils from land where they didn't have permission to dig, and for filling out paperwork incorrectly, and for transporting fossils without proper authorization. Larson, he was convicted of two felony misdemeanors. Uh, he failed to report $31,700 in traveler's checks he had brought from Japan to the United States, and 
he failed to report $15,000 in cash he'd brought to Peru. So he was convicted of failing to fill out paperwork, essentially, for not a great deal of money in the grand scheme of things. Based on what I've read, it seems that prosecutors really weren't going after him for the cash. This is a situation kind of like getting Al Capone for tax evasion. What they really wanted to do was send a message to other private fossil hunters who would potentially want to line their own pockets by selling off hunks of the past. Larson was convicted, and he got two years in prison and two years probation. And as strange as it seems to me, and as much as I'd want to curtail the sale of fossils and antiquities, I'm inclined to believe that his punishment was slightly extreme and motivated more by politics than facts. Nowadays, Sue stands over adoring crowds at the Field Museum, which is, probably, exactly where she should be. Larson is out of prison and digging up fossils again. He and his team later excavated another Tyrannosaurus, Stan, which is now at the Smithsonian, as well as a few Triceratops skeletons. Nevertheless, the issue of ownership and commercialization of fossils in the U.S. is still a fuzzy one. There is still history buried in America's rocks millions and millions of years of it. And Sue's story shows that when we find that history, it's anybody's guess as to who owns it or what it's worth. Find me on Twitter, at Joe Streckert. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash interestingtimeswithjoestreckert. I'm on Tumblr. We're on Patreon. All of that. And we're on 91.1 and 107.1 in the Portland area on X-Ray FM every Thursday, in addition to being on the internets. So, check us out there, and I'll see you next week.